Good evening, and if you're just tuning in, you are listening live to the Angel Rock on 105.3 out of New Orleans, Louisiana. Um, I'm your host, Laura Lee Potvin. A little bit about the show, if you've never been here before, I say cover all aspects of the esoteric, the paranormal, spirituality, power of the mind, as well as a bit of truth-seeking thrown in there. I have an amazing guest this evening, as I usually have great guests, and as I always say about this show, the guests that I have on whether they're what they're doing professionally or extracurricularly they're making a positive change for humanity and this beautiful lady is no different if you've never been to the show welcome and if you're returning we always appreciate your support I just ask please if you could share the show with anybody you think may enjoy it as well as we have so many different shows and hosts on the network every single day and night so there's something for everybody there so please check out United Public Radio Network also known as the UFO Paranormal Radio Network one more thing before I get to our wonderful guests um, bio first of all happy new year forgot to mention that but if you want to join in the conversation and you know I love to have you as part of the conversation if you are here live, you have to be watching either from UPRN, known as UFO Paranormal Radio Network's um, Facebook page, or our YouTube channel. So love to have you here. We got Dave here. Hey, Dave. Dave joined me last week. Um, actually, he's been on the Oak Island TV show and people were asking about it. I did a show on my own. So he came on. We've got Faith Inspired trans uh, Transformation here. Welcome. Happy New Year. Let me get to our guests before I start saying hi to everybody. <laughs> so Diane Doyle is the creatrix of Blue Moon Healing and Wellness, where she's she has been holding space of healing for over 20 years as an osteopathic practitioner and meditation retreat leader. She is the author of the Magical Luna Blue Young Adult Trilogy, as well as a newly released new adult fantasy, Realm of Zen. You can often find her gathering in circle with other wild women or howling in the moonlight with her three wildlings. Welcome, Diane. I'm so glad to have you here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. No, you know what it was, and I'm going to, you know what, before I go live, I always say, some people know what it is, some people don't, but I call whom I collect with, with the positive, or connect with on the other side positively, for those listening, I call them spirit. So before I go on a show, I always say, okay, spirit, where are we going with this conversation? So how I connected with you, I had somebody send me this viral TikTok that you have done with your wildly brilliant wise beyond years i believe she's a preschooler and i was so touched i literally heard spirit say you have to connect with this lady so would you mind letting people know what happened where did how did you make this TikTok? like where and maybe refresh people's memories if they haven't seen it about what it was about Right. So I'm like you, right? If something is really calling to me, I listen. If, if my guides are whispering in my ears, uh, yes. then I absolutely listen. And so he has been saying things that we obviously can't understand where they're coming from in our human form since he could speak. And she was, she's been speaking before she even got here. I could, she communicated um, right. with me. There's, right. It took a long time to get her here, but now I know why. Um, but you know what, it was like five minutes before I was going to work, before I had clients coming and I just got this message because she was saying things back to back to back that week that were just stopping my, in my tracks. 
to listen to what she was saying because it was she would pause and then be silent and then share a message. So I thought for some reason somebody needs to hear this. Somebody's not maybe not listening to their children mm-hmm. or their mm-hmm. children are trying to communicate something with them and you're you sort of swap it off as just kids having wild imaginations, which so many people in the, in the comment section said, Oh, it's just wild imagination, it's just what she's seeing on, on TV or right in cartoons. No. Like, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. The child is listening and hearing different things. So a few things that she had said that week in particular, she was talking about um all of a sudden she just said, Hey mom, you know how there are pod people? And I said, Okay. There's no way she saw that on TV. I didn't mean to cut you off. There's no way. Yeah. <laughs> well, what are we showing our four-year-olds or she's a tall people? She's yeah. very serious. She was putting her boots on and her coat on. We were getting ready to go. And she just stopped. She said, you know how there's tall people. We've decided not to be those. And I said, good. She said, yeah, I just did. <laughs> and then another thing she said, we were driving. And she said, mom, now how did, how did, you hear me when I was in your room. Oh, that was beautiful. Yeah. Oh, I'm driving my car crying, right? I now. would have been too. <laughs> um, she said, How did you hear me? And I said, Well, maybe our hearts are speaking to each other. And she said, Well, no, Mom, our hearts don't speak to each other, but our souls do. Like, so I think that my soul was speaking to your soul. And it, that for me, I was like, You know what, kiddo, you're so right. And what else is she saying? She was saying, She's having really, really vivid not night terrors, but definitely unsettling dreams. And she'd tell me about them in the morning. And she said, you know, I'm dreaming about people having robots inside them and the robots are destroying your body, right? The robots are, are destroying your heart. And whether she was talking about heart in terms of energetic or actual literal heart, a lot of people sort of connected to that message, just seeing what's happening in the world with Right, with, you, know, you have to be careful because we're on YouTube. I'm sure you know, but I forgot to mention that. But <laughs> but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Right. There's lots of lots of comments that went down that road. So I think people were just really connecting. And then one of the things she had said to me a few months back now, we were I was driving her, and so the people keep saying they're on video. I'm like, I don't have a camera on her 24/7, and most of the time when she's sharing messages, it's, she's doing something else. Plus, you don't expect, like you said, your camera on your child all the time. And, and I don't want to leave her, right? I don't want to tell me about I don't want to say I, I want to hear her authentic thoughts without me leaving too much. But we were driving, and she, um, I, I was playing music. I was playing a soundtrack that I use in a lot of my women's issues. But there was one specific song. She's obsessed with the moon, and I could talk about that after, but she's, the, the, I started writing my book as the last daughter of the moon based on her. So she's been obsessed with grandmother moon since she got here. It was one of her first words was moon. <laughs> we couldn't get her outside without her, right? I want to hug the moon. I need to hug grandma moon. She sees a full moon and she'll cry tears of joy almost every night. But we were driving and I played this one specific song about the moon, guided by the moonlight. I can't remember who sings it. Um, and it was something I used to play when I was pregnant with her. Mm-hmm. Um, but I hadn't played it for a really long time, and I just ended up playing it in the car. And I look in the mirror, and she's got tears streaming down her face, and she's got the most beautiful smile. And I said, "Oh, kiddo, are you okay? What's happening?" And she said, "Mom, um, I remember." And I said, "What do you remember, my love?" And she said, "I remember everything." And I said, "What does that mean? Everything about what?" And she said, "Everything about everything." And I said, "Well, that sounds beautiful." She said, "Don't worry, soon everybody else." 
Didn't you say by Christmas? By Christmas. She said by Christmas. This was probably back in October when she said this. And it was one of those things where it's like she's understanding the awakening, right? She knows she knows what's happening. She knows the ascension. She knows right. She can see people awakening and opening and remembering. Mm-hmm. And right? She's helping me stay on track with that as well, obviously. <laughs> Well, it's so incredible. I'm going to read one of these comments here from Faith Inspired Transformation. She said, my granddaughter was like that up until kindergarten. She told me that her friend had to go back home because the other kids wouldn't understand. She said she wanted to be a kid now. And she said her friend, her friend was from a different world. And one of the things I've noticed, and I don't have all the answers, I don't think any of us do, but I always say, especially I I can tell from the words that you've shared of your daughters that our children are some of our our biggest teachers, right? They chose us as their parents. And I always thank my kids for that because I just feel so incredibly blessed to be their mom. I was always told I would never have children. So I always say I won the lottery not once, but twice. But what I've learned is, and it's exactly sort of what Faith Inspired Transformation has shared, that children seem to remember so much. And then as life seems to happen and they get older, that they lose this. But I don't know. I have a feeling about this daughter of yours that she's going to be the ones that remembers and remembers throughout her whole lifetime. What's your thoughts about that? I'm, and I shared a video about this too because so many people's response was, we're going to be so sad when she loses that, when she starts forgetting. But I feel like, you know, we came to have a human experience. And so yes. if we came and remembered everything, we wouldn't lean into the humanness of why we're here. You know, we would, it would be like going to a movie. You, you know that what you're seeing is only a show. Do you know what I mean? Like we wouldn't mm-hmm. actually experience all the things we were meant to experience if you remembered everything and we remembered you know so i feel like you came here to have a human experience you have to lean into that um but if you look historically people who remembered weren't safe here mm-hmm. right like yes. What happens in yes. the world. if you lean too far into the cycles of the earth the healing of mother earth the moon like if you were too out there you were crucified or, or healers or Right, like you were not allowed. So I feel like just as a default setting for us to be able to exist here, this veil would descend as we left home, right? School age, typically you go in and the veil drops, but it's just to give us a chance to be human out of safety, right? Because absolutely. But I feel like we're moving into a time now where it's not dangerous to remember anymore, mm-hmm. right? Like we're so open and there's so many of us that have awoken and that are remembering and that are waking every single day there's more and more people so i feel like this new generation of children that are here they won't have to have a veil for protection they just I hear you. this new earth right they are going to be leading the way um and they're just going to help us wake up they're just going to help us remember because they won't forget because they won't need to yeah that's that's part of my i was just having this conversation with my neighbor my new neighbor he's a great single dad and you know i just sort of met him so i always feel you got to sort of work people in gently when you're talking to them about sort of the stuff we do right (laughs) i forgot to mention to people what i do i always remember and i forgot most of you that are here do know and hi michelle from australia so i'm a um what am I? I'm a clairvoyant medium, crystal Reiki, energy healer, Akashic records, practitioner, spiritual teacher, and mentor. And I'm also a registered nurse. But um, 
when we're talking about this kind of stuff that we do, we have to be careful. And, uh, you know, this person I was chatting with, they're from another um, city, big city, actually, within Canada. And they had said, it's kind of lonely. I live in Thunder Bay, which is kind of right in the middle of Canada. It's on the shores of Lakes Superior out there for people who may not know where it is. And, um, you know, he, he, we were talking about meeting a partner and I said, well, I, you know, with readings that I do and people I connect, that's one of the things, you know, we talk about, but the one thing I said to him, I said, I believe that part of my mission here is to help people remember and wake up to the fact that first of all, we're not here by accident and we are so incredibly gifted and powerful as individuals that we have forgotten who we are nor do we believe we're capable of it and i would love to hear your experiences like were you a child were you raised in this environment or how you came in to be where you are today with your belief systems which i wholeheartedly support and believe in um good question and people ask me that all the time and if you would have asked me that when I was younger, I would have said no. <laughs> you yeah, know, me I, too. I was raised, yeah, I was raised um, in Catholic system, but very open, loving parents. Right? He sort of mm-hmm. taught me. I was the third child, so by then, you know, the reins had come off a little bit, and I had probably had a little bit more room to run. But I, mm-hmm. I'm from Newfoundland, so I grew up across the street from the ocean. Oh, and I would remember if I was if my parents ever needed to find me, they'd find me sitting on the beach, staring, talking to the water. I, I only remember that I used to do that recently. But, you know, when you're five and six and seven, to, to just sit and listen to the to the water, uh, probably not a super normal thing to do, although kids do it, but maybe you're... I think it is normal because kids live in the now, right? Yeah. And things that you can do as a small child, it's okay, even if it might be weird by sure. standards by the age of 12 or 15. I don't think that's weird. But what I'm saying yeah. is... Yeah that it's much more acceptable than say if all of a sudden you started sitting in front of the ocean as a teenager or 15 or 16 year old and then parent you know some parents might say oh my goodness she's never done that before like is she okay like is something going on you know what i'm saying yep so mm-hmm. i feel like i always felt a little bit different from people but i didn't necessarily know why um i hadn't i would you know i wouldn't have been exposed to the term empath i wouldn't have been I wouldn't have understood what a lot of that meant, but now I look back, absolutely. I was always taking on everybody else's emotions and tuning into them and feeling into them. Um, and I I just thought that was normal. I thought that was how everybody felt all the time. Yeah. So until you get out of the little bubble where nobody's talking about it and learn what it is, you just assume everybody else feels the same way that you do. Mm-hmm. But I remember, so I was a pretty competitive athlete and I hurt my knee, but we were in this little tiny town of 10,000. Like there was no physiotherapist, there was no chiropractor, there was nobody to help you get better. And so I had to take on that role of rehabbing and getting strong on my own. And that's when I really leaned into and fell in love with the idea of helping other people heal. Right. Mm-hmm. So it was one of those things where I hurt my knees for a reason. Right? <laughs> whatever whatever spirit tripped me and caused me to fall to hurt my knees so that I'd, I'd understand that I could help people heal, um, that started that journey real quick for me. And so I went on and I did that, like kinesiology and athletic therapy and osteopathy. So I was in this healing realm and healing world. Um, mm-hmm. That path was very straight for me without a whole mm-hmm. lot of question marks. But when I was about 21, I, one of my clients, um, I was working as a personal trainer, I think, cut through school. And one of my clients said, I have um, a shaman who's coming to town 
and okay. I really have your right, um, you'd want to meet him. Come in for a session while he's here. And he was many horses from Saskatchewan. And so I went in having no idea. I, I had no idea what a salmon was. I had no idea what anything was of anything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought, I'm open-minded, and I'd love to support you and your training. So mm-hmm. in I went, he stopped, and he looked at me, and he said, oh, you're even older than me. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, I haven't met many. I haven't met many on this journey that have been here as many times as you have. Um, but you're even older than I am. And that's just that something, right? He's like, you're not here by accident. And I remember that just hit me in the solar plexus. And I was just like, ooh, like something, there was a truth there. And that was definitely a beginning of an awakening for me. And he mm-hmm. took me through just a healing ritual. But in that, I, I very, very clearly saw my great grandmother, who I was very close to, um, come to me. And she took my hand. And she was a healer in her town, right? She lived to be almost 99. She used her wedding ring, almost like Gallagher. But as, you know, people would come to her with ailments and she would sort of, she didn't know, it wasn't called anything other than she could do this weird thing and people felt better afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, but she took my hands in the med- like in the dream and the meditation and the vision, whatever, in the visit, and she blessed them. And she said, you're turning kid. And I've been on a healing journey ever since. And so it evolved from me putting my hands on people to help them physically be better to then understanding all the different layers of what that looks like and then starting to leave retreats and um, different meditation groups. I host a monthly women's circle where we gather every full moon to do sound healing and just laughing and crying and all the things, right? Connecting, just sitting in sisterhood again. And oh, um, I love it. Yeah, so it was people say, How did you get here? And I think it just just seemed so natural and so easy. It wasn't, I didn't stumble along the road of finding this. It felt like it found me very quickly. Mm-hmm. And it's been, you know, 20 plus years later. And it just keeps evolving into beautiful things as I, as I evolve. But, um, but yeah, so this healing spiritual world caught me pretty quick. <laughs> I think I remember. I always ask people because everybody has an interesting story about how they've arrived at who we are today. And when, you know, I'm say doing some teaching or mentoring or whatever, I always say, accept it all. Like accept who you are, the good, the bad, the ugly, the beautiful, all of it, because it's made you the incredible, amazing human being that you are today. Now we have a question here. Um, I didn't read it first. So um, it says, I'm just wondering with all the missing children having such bad endings, is it possible that children born in recent years are born more aware to help us show what is happening to these kids today? That's an interesting question. What's your thoughts on that, Diane? Good question. I feel yeah. like the generation of children, like what they're coming into in the world that they're coming into, I feel like it's all based around awakening. Mm-hmm. So if there's a lot of children that are disappearing, it's because they're doing that to wake us up. You know what I mean? So if we're meant to know what is happening with the kids, I definitely think we will. I think Mm -hmm. there's more information coming out now every day about Mm -hmm. a system that probably needs to fall so that these kids will be safe again. So Mm -hmm. it'll be interesting. I feel like what the children will know what they're supposed to know and they'll share what they're supposed to share. But I feel like we are stepping into a place where these children are not going to be damaged or the same way that they were. 
you know what I mean? Sorry, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. Yeah. It was for both of us because I'm going to answer yeah. what I believe. And I believe, and I agree exactly with what you've said. I also believe, because I've had this conversation with the owner of our network, who will give me a huge shout out, love him dearly. We're coming to you from New Orleans, Louisiana, by the way, like I said at the beginning. And if you're just tuning in, we're wa you're watching live The Angel Rock. I'm your host, Laura Lee Potvin, and my wonderful guest here is Diane Doyle Lynch. Sorry, my mouth's not working. Um, <laughs> so we had a question. And they were asking about these missing children and then the children that are being born, are they here to help us show what's happening? Now, I believe that, and again, with Joe, the owner of the network, when we used to have a panel, he would ask questions. And one of them was, what do you think happens to all the people that have lost their lives in the last couple of years, this mass loss of human life? And he, the way he had worded it was like, this was not planned for, because this is a paranormal network, right? And he was thinking, you know, is that why maybe we're going to see an influx of say negativity or people who, who chose to stay in spirit form, we'll say, rather than cross over. But my belief is we know before we are born, when we're going to be born, we also know when we're going to leave this point. I also believe that sometimes we have exit points built into our lives. I've studied near-death experiences for about 40 plus years professionally and personally. And it's the same thing with this, uh, I'll call you Faith. Um, and hi, Kelly, by the way, I keep forgetting to say hi. Hi, Kelly, she's in the chat too. Um, because I, I, I think these children knew. They knew what their purpose was, why they're here. And that, that's where I think it falls into the answer Diane gave you that, yes, there was a purpose and a meaning behind this, whether it is to awaken people. There's many reasons why. And I can even go back to that movie, It's a Wonderful Life, right? We don't realize how many lives we touch, each one of us as an individual. And he really was given a, a great gift in that that movie, whether it was fictional or not, was to realize what life would be like had he not been born. And again, I believe that also happens with our endings, right? Like when we go back home, as I call it. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, let's see what we've got here. We've got to go. I always like to involve the chat here. So mm. Dave says, uh, I believe um, everyone being born now is coming to help with the earth transition. I, I always say, I think we almost have a new breed of human being. Have you noticed that? Like, it's like, a, well, you have noticed it with your daughter, obviously. Like, the wisdom that child has, because I did go through some of the posts you shared, and I was very grateful that you did. And obviously, her words touched a lot of people, because that has gone viral, that post. And then I saw one of the questions that somebody had asked, and I found it interesting. And I don't think there's ever, um, you know, a dumb question. You know, it's always the one I think that we don't ask that that's when we're, we're not really looking, you know, we're not being open to what we could explore rather than thinking, oh, someone will think it's stupid or crazy or whatever. But did, did somebody ask, did she, did your daughter reject her Christmas presents, if I'm not yeah. mistaken? I thought yeah. that was a great post, if you don't mind sharing that, that you had shared. Yes, absolutely. So I think it was, uh, this person commented, I think, on a few different videos. And I know what, I know what maybe her intention was, is that yes. she was saying, if she remembers everything, if she's really a spiritual being, then she shouldn't be, she shouldn't believe in Santa, and she shouldn't care about presents. And so she was sort of asking that a few different ways on a few different posts, I think. And that's why I was finally like, okay, I'm going to answer her just to see if yeah. that makes sense for her. Um, but 
like I, one of like I said, one of my favorite quotes that came to me and it's in one of my book in my Lena Blue book is don't get so caught up being human that yeah. you forget where you came from. Right? Like we are spirits having the human experience. Yeah. But at the same time, we know spirit, we know all those things. We come down to earth to have a human experience. So also mm-hmm. the flip of it is don't get caught, caught so caught up being spirit um, that you forget to be human. So she loved Christmas because she's cool and everything about it was exciting and beautiful and to feel cared about and to feel special and to enjoy time with her brothers and right just that excitement of being alive here as a human, as a spirit in human form. She mm-hmm. loved Christmas. She had a ball. And um, that doesn't make her less spiritual. In fact, I think it maybe it gives the spirit so much human joy to connect with that it, we, we went on all, on all fronts, you know? Yeah, I I was gonna I was just gonna transition to your books. I was I was thinking I want to get into it. It's so cool when I have guests on here. It's like we almost read each other's minds. But I do want to read this uh, one comment because um, again we have to be careful what we say on YouTube. But I'm sure as a mom and being on YouTube, you've noticed this as well that we've got these babies that are being born that are really developing really quickly. Having- well, funny. Yeah, the funny thing is, is my daughter was born almost two months early. So she was born. At I worked in the NICU. That's what I was going to add. So I'm used to baby development, growth and development, never mind being a mom as well. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. So she came and it was super, super traumatic. But talking about exit points, that was one of mine. Um, and I had a choice. My great grandma came back again. She's my guy. She's a visitor of mine. And she came. Um, but I had a choice whether or not I was going to stay. That was an exit point for me. That was a decision point of. You know, am I tapping out or am I going to stick around? Um, but now back to her. So at 32 weeks, she was born wow. um, in a severely traumatic birth. And like lucky to be alive, right? Lucky that we both yeah, survived very, that. Very, very. Um, but other than her needing to learn how to swallow and suck, right? And um, to feed, she was absolutely wonderful and fine. And she was only four and a half pounds, but she was almost 18 inches long. So she was very... She was a good-sized baby for 33 weeks. Yep. And, um, you know, then they kept saying, well, we don't know about her development. She may. We don't know. And did you come this early, right? We don't always know. So she may be delayed a little bit. <laughs> she started walking and like, crawling and walking and talking so early. Wow. And now most she's very, very tall. She's She's a four-year-old wearing like the size of a seven-year-old. Most people think assume she's in kindergarten or grade one, right? And started talking with so much vocabulary. So I always said she didn't need to be in much. She didn't need to be in full term, right? My she body, didn't need to be there any longer. She was ready to come. She was yeah. ready. Yeah. So, and I'm seeing more and more and more premature babies, but they're mm-hmm. fine. Like when they come out, they just don't need to be incubated. It seems quite as long, and their development is so quick. And it, so yeah, maybe we're just evolving, right? Look, look at evolution for humans. That we, we change as as we can, right? As we as evolution sort of takes over with our physical form. So these babies are different. Babies are definitely different. I I think where Michelle was going with this too, and I have to agree with you because we have seen what I have called miracle babies. Actually, I'm going to share a story with you that I've shared before. I hope I don't get teary. I don't cry very easy, but um, I worked in the NICU. I didn't have children at the time. I adore children. I always have. 
and I, honestly, and I'm sure it's the same, right? It's the empath you're out. And even with when we were wearing masks, like anywhere I was where there was a baby, the baby would be cooing or, or what have you, you know, or animals that come up to you. It's just that kind of energy, right? Yeah. I, I couldn't work in the NICU now. I know I couldn't. But um, I remember I had this mom, single mom, and she had a boy and a girl that were twins. And I swear to you that when we worked in the NICU and we knew a baby was in the back that was coming, that was going to be either sick or premature, we all prayed. I swear we prayed to the powers that would be that it would be a girl versus a boy because boys were usually much sicker, always. Mm -hmm. Well, if you think about it, though, evolution, right, you need one man and all these ladies to propagate the species, right? I don't know if that's what it was. We had many a conversation like that. Anyways, this little one, the little boy, had so many problems. He had a brain bleed. He had something called necrotizing. Um, yeah, it, it had to do with the, the belly and all kinds of things. And the, and the sister did quite well. Well, I went and worked out in the community when I left the NICU, and lo and behold, a couple years later, who's on my caseload? But this little boy who's now about six years old, cerebral palsy and in a wheelchair. And then um, he was stable and I ran an area. So uh, we had what are called RPNs. So they would look after and I would check in every now and then. I hurt my back and I was off for quite a few years, still am. And I was shopping at Chapters. For those of us in Canada, I know what Chapters is. For those of you around the world, it's like Barnes and Noble. And I happened to be out one Christmas and I ran into his mom. And I wasn't aware of mediumship gifts at this time. This is how mediumship happened for me. I went to hug his mom and I heard, tell my mommy I love her. And as I was hugging her, the mom, she said, I won't say his name, or I guess I can say a name, any name. I'll say Dylan. D Dylan passed away. And I said, you're not going to believe this, but I just heard tell my mommy um, I love her. Mm -hmm. And I started to cry. She cried. We both had a good cry because I think he was about 18 or 19 when this happened. And I had many other things happen at this time. But my whole point is, I think, was that part of our path, right? Like when you said, we, we're here to have a human experience we are eternal. We're everything. And from what that shaman says, sounds like you've had many lifetimes yourself. Do you remember any of your past lives? No, we're going to get into your books, but I had to ask you these questions. <laughs> you know what's funny is I remember having a reoccurring dream when I was little. Um, and it was like over and over and over and over again. But I was my mom's big sister. Okay. We were running from, we were running. I had to hide her. Every time I had to hide her, like in a bush, rolling hills like it was just something that i dreamt over and over and over again and it was one of those ones where you wake up and it takes you a few minutes to find your way back into the room you know yeah yep. um, mm -hmm. so it always struck me as strange that it never it always it would take me probably half an hour to find my way back in my body um and then i remember looking we so i'm from newfoundland but a lot of my family is from ireland Okay. And I remember somebody showing me a, a book of their travel. They had just come back and they were showing me pictures. And the exact hill where I where we were that I had hidden her was there in this picture. So I saw it and was like, and I was confused. I'm like, oh, is this one from here? And I just couldn't, I couldn't wrap my head around it. Was, it was literally the dream that I had, this landscape, the trees, the bush that were right, tucked her away. This was where they had gone. And I was like, it's 
again, right? I, I'm a very solar plexus type of healer. So it's when it gets me there, I know, I know there's something to it. And so um, that definitely was a past life when I was there. Oh. Yeah. And I remember it's interesting because the shaman, when I met him, and he said, you know, you've outgrown your mom. Um, a long time ago, right? And so you're going to be teaching her more than she could have ever taught you, but you've been a protector of hers for a very long time. And I didn't connect those two until a few years later, right? Once I saw right. it, I remember that. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but that yeah, definitely I have and dreams about the ocean. I feel like, yeah, I've, I've probably been here a few times. <laughs> and so like an Atlantis then you believe or like mermaid or yeah I feel like there's a lot of Atlantean energy there the more I learn about that the more it makes sense to me it just feels like I'm remembering when I hear something it's not like I feel like I'm learning it it feels like I'm remembering it but funny enough speaking of past lives and speaking of my daughter this summer this came up which was really interesting because um the movie Titanic was on the TV, right? The very mm -hmm. opening scene, you know, I don't know what I was right. and you know how it's just so big and grand and uplifting and it's all pretty dresses and big hats and just a mm -hmm. lot of excitement, right? And mm -hmm. um, she looked at it and I was like, oh, look, this, this movie is about it. She said, I hate that boat. <sighs> and she doesn't even use the word hate. That's considered like a, a, a negative word. She typically mm -hmm. would hear somebody say hate, so call them on it, right? It's, you don't say yeah. things. You're allowed to just like, so what she said, I hate, and her face just changed. And I said, what are you talking about? She said, I died on that boat. This wasn't me telling her a story about a boat that where everybody died. Like, we literally hadn't even gotten, all I said was, look, that's a pretty hat or something, right? And, yeah. and I died on that boat, I hate that boat. And uh, I said, what are you talking about? She's like, I said, how old were you when you died on that boat? And she said, 10, and all my friends died. And, uh, and then she looked at me, she said, you shouldn't watch that movie. Wow. <laughs> We've never had a conversation of a boat thinking of her drowning. Of, right? It's just, again, no, I like believe that. you. Because yeah, like sure. I said, I have studied near-death experiences personally as well as professionally for 40 years. And I believe I had one as a toddler. But the thing that fascinates me the most is a story like what you just shared with your daughter. Now, this wasn't a near-death experience. It was a fact that she remembered okay, who she was when she saw that movie, there are thousands of stories like this. Now, there is a rock journalist by the name of Susan. I forget what her last name is. Her son was featured on, I think it was TLC or something. It was about children with, with gifts and really incredible things. But her son would wake up with night terrors and we keep talking about the boat and it's going down and all kinds of things. And they, I guess, um, a Titanic, I, I guess it was like, you know, when people bring something like pieces from it, I can't think of the word right now. Somebody will tell me in the chat, I'm sure. But the, they brought everything from the Titanic and they were going from city to city. So they brought him as about a two-year-old to this and he became obsessed and he was using words like you explained about your daughter that he had never heard, like he saw a drawing of the Titanic and he said, nope, uh, it was about the smokestacks, that there wasn't that many smokestacks and they weren't drawn that way or what have you. And he drew, I think he was about six or seven, a perfect replica of the Titanic. Well, what they realized was he was the engineer who had designed the boat. 
Wow. So this is why I believe every word you're telling me because I've studied this. What if that, and it's so hard because you want to ask questions, but you don't want your child to put too much attention on it, right? Or, or be hounding at your child to give you answers because I think that that's why this flows so organically. What's your thoughts? Absolutely. And you know, what's funny, it just reminded me, there's been a few different times where she remembered things too. Like we were sitting down painting our bathroom cupboards one day and she said, mommy, um, I don't want you to die again. Okay. And I said, Oh, love, when did I die before? And she said, the night I was born. Because I had a potential abruption and I did take one step to the other side for a bit. You are lucky to be here. Yeah. Right? While I was deciding whether or not I was going to stay, um, she knew that, right? So, um, but then she also was talking one day about, she was in the NICU for um, 24 days. And she was saying, Mommy, you know, I used to get really lonely at night when you had to leave. And I said, when? What, what do you mean? When, when did I have to leave? And she said, well, you had to leave me at night because I had to come home. My husband was working night. I had to come home at night. I'd be with her all, the, all during the day, but then I'd have to come home at night Aww. and then go back in the morning. And she was saying, so, yeah, I was really lonely. I miss you when you leave at night, but then you come back. Like one day you took me home and then I never sat by myself again. So she was remembering being in the NICU, right? She remembered right. me not being there at night. And it's just, of course, right? Mm-hmm. It gets you right in the field, but um, wow, I remember, right? Like, there's yeah, well, speak I, I'm just almost speechless because I believe every word you are saying. Like, I said, I really studied this. Like, my children, I always say, I have unusual children. And I would say uh, my eldest is going to be 28. He's part of the LGBTQ community. And I'm not that that's strange. I don't mean that. But I knew from the time he was about two years old. And it wasn't because he was overly effeminate or whatever. You could meet him nowadays. I wouldn't even even know. Not that that matters. Okay. But it, it was just interesting because I remember the day he was born looking into his eyes and thinking, who, where are you going to be? And him and I have always had this thing where we finish each other's sentences he'll now say to me as we're talking and he'll say woman get out of my head because i think we have that bond as a mom and child but my second child has severe autism he'll be 25 in march and he is very gifted psychically as well as spiritually limited in ways that we wouldn't be as neurotypicals but it's interesting like i said from that age to i would say probably around the teens and then your children are younger like i said i think they're almost like the final missing piece to what has been coming here to help earth i don't know what do you um, think my, my boys are older so mm-hmm. um my oldest is 15 and my middle guy is 13. But my middle guy, um, he same thing. Very different energy. If he's a bottle of ray of sunshine, this is his soul. He is literally a lighthouse. I can see so many troubled people are drawn to him. All right. He's, we actually had a conversation about this the other day, and he said, "Mom, why? Like, why are so many of my friends like? Why do they struggle so hard?" And so I said, "You know, when you're a lighthouse, and he goes, so why? Why do like you seem to all be attracted to me, right?" It's, Mm-hmm. Um, okay, oh, when you're a lighthouse and there's people are lost in the dark, they're looking for that light, right? And they when are. It, when you're finding it, they, they just, they'll try to find you. They'll cling to it until they can remember their own, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but when he was, he started t- talking about seeing people as soon as he could talk. I remember wow. that 
Yeah, I remember one night, because I have a clinical space set up in my home, and I remember um, kissing him goodnight. He said, Mom, can you sing me a song tonight before bed? And I said, well, no, honey, I, I've got a client, but Daddy will sing you a song. And he said, never mind, I'll just ask Anna. And I said, who's Anna? We don't know anybody named Anna. He's like, Anna, who sings me songs at night? As if I was crazy to not know that. Right? So he, but he's someone still at 13. He'll be like, yes, Mom. I'm like, I didn't call you, buddy. So he still hears people all the time. And, uh, and he's 13, so the veil didn't drop for him. And he sees people's auras. I love it. Love it. There was actually a time he might have been. He told me, because I had seven, I had eight pregnancies, but I had lost five. So it's that five year baby that traveled with us. But he told me about every pregnancy before I knew it myself. He'd be the one to say, well, maybe when the baby. And then I'd say, what baby? Before I even knew I was pregnant. And he'd just sort of be like, never mind. Like a secret slip or something. Yeah. But there was one time in our town, a little boy um, passed away. Um, food poisoning, just got sick one oh. night. And the only reason I actually knew about it, I was, actually, I was out with my sister, and it was a friend of hers whose child had passed. So I got sort of the first-hand information of it. Otherwise, it's not something I would have known about, right? It, it was not somebody I knew. Um, but then maybe two nights later, he woke up, my son woke up, and he came out, and he wasn't awake. You know, he was very yeah. gay and still not yeah. quite here. He's not a sleepwalker, so it's not what he was doing, but he said... He was in that somnolescent yeah. stage. Yep. Mm -hmm. And he said, Mom, he's wandering. He's just wandering and wandering. He can't find his way. And I said, who? And he said, he's, a boy. he's wandering, and he's all dreams, and his tummy, his tummy hurts because he can't find his way. Aww. I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't connect the dots to that at all until a few days later. Then I hear about the plan that he had died because of food poisoning this little boy, and that they had asked everyone to come dressed in green for the funeral because that was his favorite color. And that's when I remembered him talking. These little children, they, they know and feel things differently, right? So we talked about if he did it to you again, try to help him find the light, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. You know what? Your children are so lucky to have a mom like you because um, I that's part I got tears I don't cry very easy but I knew we talk about kids I always say oh, you know what you I'm pretty easy going but don't ever come for kids especially my own you'll see the mother of all grizzly bears I think all moms are like that but you know these special special things and being there to be able to guide your children through this because I was thinking as you were sharing about your son that can be difficult when you're a light and everybody's drawn to that light, right? And you have to be strong. You do, especially as you get older, because bigger, as the bigger we get, the bigger the problems, right? And when people are drawn to it and it's, and you feel like, I don't know, I could be wrong. And I'm not trying to say this is going to happen with your son, but it's almost like you feel like people think your life is roses and sunshine because you're that light and you're strong, right? And you don't have the support. So he has you. So I'm so, so grateful he picked you for mom. Well, all your kids did. <laughs> I really yeah. am. Yeah. And so we homeschooled for five years. And it was directly because of that. And he was really struggling to sit in a classroom with everybody else's energy because he could feel. He could tell when someone was sad. He knew that his teacher's mom died without her telling them. He knew that a classmate's parents were getting divorced without her telling them. So he, the ultimate empath, um, he, um, 
I picked him up from school early one day because he was just really struggling to sit in the classroom. So the principal called and said, we have him here. Now nothing's wrong, but he just can't sit in class. And I knew what that meant, that he was just done being around other people that day. So I picked him up and I said, now, buddy, like, what is it you think? Why do you find it so hard to be there? And he said, mom, I'm not safe there. And so I said, okay, safe is a really big word. What am I missing? There's seven. If you don't feel safe somewhere, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. So you see it like so then I was wondering am I missing something um you know big at school did you feel like someone's gonna hurt you there he said no 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 nothing like that he said but mom my soul is not safe there oh and it was his last day he didn't go back that hurts my soul hearing that (laughs) it's so he knew he could communicate with me on a soul level that if I kept him there he would lose himself and he would lose I time. was thinking that I think that was the gift you gave your kids. Oh God, I got tears. I didn't I never cry. I don't <laughs> this is just oh it's killing me, but it's not killing me, but in a good way. Because I think this is important for people to hear this because just the fact that that resonated with so many people about you listening to your daughter, because people don't listen, or I help a lot of people. I had a hard time finding understanding this in the beginning with people that are dealing with dark energies or or the paranormal or what have you. I went through it myself. That's what awakened my gifts. They were always there, but that's why I'm on the path that I am now. So I help people with this, right? But I think where I'm going with this is by you homeschooling your children and them not being burdened and I'm sorry, but brainwashed, and I'm not, that's with no judgment, not my job to judge for anybody that sends their kids to school. We have to do what's right for our own children. But by you doing that, I think that that's really what kept that veil from coming up because they were able, like, what child do you know would say, you know, my soul doesn't feel safe to be able to use those words and and feel comfortable and good in saying them. And I think that was such a gift you gave your children, Diane. Mm-hmm. I yeah. really do. Um, somebody, Faith uh, Inspired Transformation says, I love that. I knew my daughter was pregnant before. She knew. She came in the house wearing a shirt that didn't quite cover her flat belly. I asked her if she had something to tell me. <laughs> yeah, but moms know these things about their kids, right? Because I was going to share this story very quickly and then I want to get into your books. And I think I shared it a couple of weeks ago, but I'm still blown away. My, I was talking to my children's father. We're divorced, but on good terms. And my my youngest, I always say sometimes autism can suck, but it has gifts. And we get the magic of Christmas every year still. He's almost 25 because he believes in Santa and plays with toys. And he's at that pre- precocious age of a five to seven-year-old with no disrespect when I say that. And we, he wanted to upgrade to a PlayStation 4 finally. So I was looking for one and I found one that was secondhand and in good shape. And I said, well, when I'm talking to our oldest, I'll call him later on tonight and see if he'll go with me, make sure it's in good shape and and everything else, right? So I hang up the phone and my eldest messages me on Facebook Messenger and goes, would you want to talk to me about mom? And I said, did you just talk to your father? And he goes, no. And I said, are you sure? And he says, no. And I said, well, how'd you know I wanted to talk to you? I was going to talk to you like later on tonight. He goes, well, duh. Every time I see a dragonfly, I know you want to speak to me. And I'm going, kid, where the heck are you seeing a dragonfly? Like it's winter time. Where was he? 
with his partner at a local business here. It's a greenhouse and they had Christmas ornaments and he had seen, he took a picture and sent it to me of these crystal dragonflies and he saw it and he, he knew that that's his sign to talk to his mom. I, yeah. I'm still blown away, but that's what I'm seeing. Like these are new breeds of children. Hi, Ida, welcome. I'm Ida, I'm gonna call you, I don't usually do this. This is the lady and I told Diane this off and I won't say any names or anything, but uh, Ida had mentioned, I had shared your video with a bunch of people and she said, oh, I have a friend that knows Diane and Ida didn't know you, but it was weird. Like this, how big is North America that we all happen to be connected through one person and another, right? <laughs> so let's talk about your books. Cause that was another thing that blew me away. Holy cow, girl, you have written a ton of books and they are incredible. Please share with the audience like about your books and the impetus for them, the whole bit. Yeah. So, I mean, and it, it all comes full circle, right? So when I got pregnant with my daughter, I wasn't, okay. I've never written a book before, right? I, I, I've never written anything. Um, I mean, I was in French immersion, so I didn't even study English writing until I was grade 10, right? So my first language in writing wasn't even in English. So, um, but I did love to write. I'm a Gemini, so I feel like communication words are my jam, right? And mm -hmm. um, a lot of times if something's swirling around in my head, I have to put it down to get it out so that it's just My not partner's a Gemini. <laughs> yes, get it. Yeah. But when I was pregnant with her, so she was my eighth pregnancy, mm -hmm. and I had lost, so I'd lost five prior to her. And the, the, the fifth miscarriage was, so it was second trimester, it was just all the wrong things, all the awful, everything. So when I got pregnant with her, I, I, cause I could hear her calling, I could hear her, oh, uh, and keep the door open. And now I know I needed to be me for her. I needed to be who I am now for her to come. But also the world was leaving. She needed to wait for the world to be where it is now for her to come. So I understand all that very differently. Um, so I could hear that she hear her calling, just keep the door open, just keep the door open. Because people kept saying, like, that's enough. You just be happy with your boys, right? Just be grateful you've got the two and why do you keep trying and doing that to yourself type of thing. So when I got pregnant with her, when I got to about twelve weeks, I started cramping and I sort oh, of went, no. oh God, here we go, all over again. And I ended up going into the doctor and they couldn't find a heartbeat. Oh and no. So, um, and the clinic was closing and they said, we can't do an ultrasound right now, but we, you know, we'll try to get you in tomorrow. So I, I came home with the idea that she was gone, right? Oh. It was my, my nightmare all over again. And so I went almost 24 hours thinking that she was gone. And then I went in to get an ultrasound to confirm, but there she was. Everything was fine. And mm -hmm. she was, right, she was there. And so they sent me home pretty much in shock. But, but I came home, but I'd already resolved, like I'd already resigned myself to the fact that I wasn't, it wasn't going to happen. So here I was in this space of really wanting to lean into hope and trust and faith, but also so scarred by being let down so many times that it was almost scary to believe that she was going to be okay. You know what I mean? It's, a hope yeah, was, against hope. Ugh. Yeah. So I was falling asleep that night, sobbing and sobbing, right? Just kind of like how, and I sort of just put it up, put it out there to the universe, to God, to whatever you want. And I just said, I just need, I need some way to lean in. Like I need something to lean into to get through this pregnancy, right? To be able to do this. And I was, it was a full moon night. I'm a, I'm a moon loving girl too, but it was a full moon and I could see them on the moon shining in my window. 
And I just sort of just was looking at the moon, falling asleep. And then it's almost like I could hear a whisper. And it was like I was overhearing a conversation between Grandma Moon and my daughter. And they were, or whoever, <laughs> but it was my daughter speaking to who I heard as Grandmother Moon. Um, but uh, now that I'm saying that, it might have just been my grandmother. Like my grandmother. <laughs> but wow. they were talking about why she had chosen me to be her mom. And this is where I might cry. <laughs> so um, it was, so I fell asleep with this conversation in my ear. I could hear her telling why, why she had chosen me. And I remember when I was falling asleep thinking, okay, if I remember this in the morning, it was probably a really cool story. That's a, right, a daughter of the moon who comes down, she was a human to save, right? She was a human and she's going to come help her believe in magic oh. and believe in hope again. And so I woke up the next morning and I told my kids, my boys about it. And I said, wouldn't this be an interesting story about a daughter of the moon who comes down and reminds this human family who was so broken how to believe, right? How to believe in, in hope again. And by noon, I had the trilogy outlined. <laughs> so then oh, I got me crying. <laughs> so I thought, okay, this will be, I'm, I'm going to do it based on her because I need to create a world in my head that I can see, that I can physically see in my mind where she exists. I want to write about her growing up with her brothers. And I want to write about this girl who turns 18 and goes and has epic adventures and love and strength and strength. And so I decided that's my very first book, my Luna Blue and the Magic of the Moon. Her name is Rhea Luna Blue. And her name was Jersey Luna Blue. Um, She told me it wasn't. She told me her name was Rhea Luna Blue, not just me. So, but the book is called Luna Blue and the Magic of the Moon. And it is about a daughter, the last daughter of the moon who comes down. Um, And then I turned it into an adventure, of course, because it's, the story of the goddess of the moon and the god of the sun who were once in love and then became mortal enemies. And the, do- the, the goddess of the moon has 12 daughters or 13 daughters and the god of the sun has 13 sons. And initially they were all sent down to earth to help humans remember about being magical. I love right? this. Um, but then of course, as the god of the sun turned angry and his sons on earth turned angry and we see a lot of this patriarchal damage. Um, and then, right? It, it, so there's the last daughter of the moon comes down, the last daughter of the sun comes down, or the last son of the sun. And then it's sort of an epic adventure then on finding her sisters. And the funny thing is, my daughter talks about her sisters in the sky all the time. Um, and when she's referencing the other miscarriages, and those the might angel babies, my souls that are there, or she understands the story, because she whispered it in my ear, and she gave me the story. And so I spent my pregnancy writing this first book. And so I say I wrote her into existence. This is how I survived. It's how I stayed alive and stayed hopeful. Because I was writing a story of her. I'll bet you were on bed rest too, right? (laughs) I wasn't wasn't medically on bed rest necessarily, but I was too exhausted to exist outside of just sitting and writing. I completely get it. Completely get it. Oh my gosh, I don't cry very often during very often during my my show but my god how beautiful and because you have quite a few you've written books for kids and so feel free to talk all about them that's why I wanted to have you on well never mind everything else but I was so touched by the books you wrote yeah so funny so again words I say words are your magic in your pen is your wand right this has been a mantra of mine for a very long time and um, there's so much healing to be found with words right it's 
yeah, so I've lost myself in them, but I found myself there too. But then, so I wrote, that was the first book I'd ever written. And then I wrote the second book in the trilogy and the third one's coming out next year. Um, but then I also had um, a book in mind that I wanted to write for her with her in mind of um, keeping her connected to the flow of the moon in terms of um, her body's rhythm. So I wrote a book for young girls who are, who are starting their moon time, right? If they're, they're, I want, it's a little book of poetry and rituals and journal prompts. Mm-hmm. It keeps them so in love with their body and so connected to their body. Didn't you say, cool. yeah, you wanted women to fall in love with this rather than calling it the monthly, like, you know, we've been mm-hmm. heard the monthly curse. And I didn't mean to cut you off there, but I wanted to add that because I was so touched by that. We need something like this, Diane. Yeah, because I think if she's so in love with her body all the way from the beginning and in love with her cycle, and it's mm-hmm. not something that you, because it's something that's so vital for us to know about. It tells us so much about our health and our emotional relationship yeah. with self and body and energy. Like there's so much to it. I think that if these young girls, if you can rewrite the narrative for them, so yes. that it's a beautiful experience as part of their body, instead of a fight that we always we have enough fights with as women with our bodies. We don't need this to be one as well. I think that's why there's so much disconnect. And why so many people are struggling with infertility. And amongst women, like that, that's the one that really gets me. We make up 50% of the population and yet not everybody. And I understand the power of our words. I really do. But just as an observation, how awful we can be to our fellow women rather than loving and supporting and uniting together as one learning from one another no competition and to quit focusing on what we look like or what we're gonna look like that's part of like i I brought up why i say embrace it all every wrinkle you have every scar every that tells your story right Mm -hmm. that we've been conditioned to disconnect and find flaw in our body instead of beauty Mm -hmm. and so you know my goal with her is for her to just love herself so fiercely when she's young that she doesn't have to then try to find a way to love herself as she gets older you know um so that was another book maiden of the moon and then i've written dreaming alphabet. that alphabet book i was just like yeah. oh my gosh a is for angels so that was a song that was a, a lullaby or a song that my mom wrote for her kindergarten class maybe 20 years oh. ago and um i always sing it as a lullaby to my children and so I decided to put it as a word association alphabet book, which is so beautiful. Um, okay. I've got one called We Are the Wild Ones. And this is the one I wrote this, this my first, my son's first day of homeschool. Oh, I wrote wow. this about him. And it, I told him I'll turn this into a book one day. And it literally is about um, letting the children stay wild in that they listen to the trees and they love to dance in the forest and no boxes for them, right? That's being put in a box and shoved in a box and it goes against everything that your heart is telling you. Then, right? This is, so this is a poem that I wrote to him that I turned into a story. And then Dreaming of Rainbows is sort of a guidebook that I wrote about the pregnancies, miscarriage, journey, right? The pregnancy loss journey. Um, it's almost like a, it's, I would say it's a book I wish I didn't know how to write, but that I wish I would have had. Yeah. Right? It's like you hold in your hand if you're struggling post-pregnancy loss. If you just, it's, there's, again, journal prompts and meditations, and there's a wound blessing ceremony for you to do, and um, just shared experiences. So it's just a bit of a guidebook. Oh, uh-huh. like, hands, right? 
I wish I had yeah. that book. I lost it. I'm 57, but my partner that I'm with, he has no biological children. And I actually got pregnant at 50 and lost the baby. So I would have loved to have had a book like that. I yeah. thank you for writing it. It's one I wish I didn't know how to, but I'm glad that yes. I did. It took me a while to be able to write it, but I'm glad that I did because I know the, I, I, the feedback I get on it is heartbreaking, um, but necessary, you know, it seems. So that's another one. So I've got 10, and then my newest one in Realm of Zen, which is just this book for me was a very fascinating journey to realize why I was writing it. Okay. Which I didn't realize right away. I, um, again, I'm a new author, so I I like to try different genres just to challenge myself as a writer so that I can mm-hmm. grow and learn. And um, I thought of this idea one morning, and I thought, wouldn't it be fun to write a story, an adult version of the story, right? And so it's a new adult, so without my daughter in mind as the main character, right? So I can have a bit more fun with it and be more playful and um, tackle different concepts. Um, and so I was sitting there, and I thought it would be really fascinating to write a story about drunken gods who, you know, are sort of tired of the antics of human uh, humans on Earth, and they love to bet, love to make bets. And so there's one god who loves Earth because he spent some time here, and he wants to save it. And then there's another one who needs it. And then there's one who's sort of indifferent, who just likes to see them squabble amongst themselves. So they make this bet to see um, the god who really wants to save Earth. Says, I, you know, I bet you there's, there's one human worth saving. Like, one, one human is good enough. That you can say that Earth should be saved and given another chance, and the other ones, you know, say, sort of say no. So they decide to put put the world asleep, except for this one mortal girl who's chosen um, to go through seven deadly realms. And if she can pass them all, then Earth gets a second chance. And if she doesn't, everything gets destroyed, wow. and everything. And so um, this Zen is her name, Naomi Zen. Um, she is someone whose mother died in childbirth. So I was writing this from the perspective of what if I wouldn't have stayed? Oh, you know, I was I was feeling that piece of if I wouldn't have stayed, what energy would have been left for my daughter? So here's this young woman who didn't know her mother, um, whose father died shortly later, whose grandmother died a few years later, right? So someone who's lost everything and really she's only existing to die. She's only existing to get to the other side so that she can be reunited with everyone she loves. Um, but she doesn't. She wouldn't consider taking her life because then she feels like that would be a betrayal of her mom. That's her mom's sacrifice. So she's existing in this world, not thriving, or at all. Right? She's just surviving. And I didn't realize how lonely I was when I was writing this story, and how I felt that I was disconnected from so many people over the last few years. Yes. So I was like, I'm healing these pieces. Of, I didn't realize that when I was writing it. I thought I was just writing a really fun story. Uh, these are gods I made up. So I made you there. Okay. I need to see the question. So yeah. that's why I highlighted it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just made it. I just made them up. I made the names up. I made it all up. Um, but now what she's told is she's going to go on this journey and go through these realms. And if she um, fails and Earth is destroyed, not only is Earth destroyed, but her version of heaven is destroyed as well. So she will not be reunited with her loved ones if she doesn't succeed. Which of course then gives her different motivation to succeed. You know, absolutely. So these bones, though, are based on the chakra system. So I don't want to give everything away, but um, you know, the theme becomes that we heal ourselves, we heal the world around us. 
and we mm-hmm. feel the disconnect. And then it comes back into play of, I think, what happens, what's happened to humanity. So now it's going to the realm of the roots, this tree, the center of the earth energy. He needs to learn how to heal that connection that's been broken between humans and the earth. Absolutely. And if you go through the next realm, the realm of the sea, which is Gaia's womb, right? It's our womb space, our sacral chakra <clears throat> for the women, right? Then he needs to learn to heal the, the womb space because we've been so disconnected from our own wounds as women, right? And that energy and clearing away old traumas and that kind of thing. So going through the different chakras, solar plexus is related to this dragon energy, this dragon realm of standing in your own power, learning how to do that. So up the boat, if you know anything about the chakras, Oh, I do. Yeah. Yeah. Every that's what, that's what Crystal Reiki's based on balancing the chakras and sealing yeah. the aura. It doesn't name it in Crystal Reiki, but we have 15 symbols. And I do a check of them, um, the chakras, just the main seven. Obviously, we could be there for hours and hours <laughs> and probably days and days looking at chakras. And then we go through, and usually I find, which you will understand completely or anybody that understands chakras, for those that are listening, some people call it a chakra or a chakra. It's energy, it's basically, you can't necessarily see it with your eyes, but we have these this core of energy, I don't want to call them portals, I guess spinning discs the way they're described but they relate to certain aspects of whether it's the body it can be the body it can be related or aspects of your life like there's so many things that a chakra or chakra will cover but i always find when somebody comes to see me for something for crystal reiki without fail and I, I really have to clear my mind because it's easy to manipulate a pendulum if you know how to manipulate energy, but it'll show up in their chakra system. So then we balance it. I use a wand. There's no magic involved, but it's a wand with a clear crystal uh, quartz because quartz can embody the energy too of any crystal. You balance with colors and it's a whole bunch of stuff, but it's very interesting. And then we check the chakras after and then I ground all the energy. So. It's interesting um, thing. I need to film a video to show people what's done with it because yeah. Crystal Reiki doesn't cover it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's interesting. And like I said, when you're feeling these pieces of yourself, right? Mm-hmm. I see it so often in my practice because people will come in and their physical body is in disharmony because there's so many imbalances <clears throat> within their energy body, right? Their energetic system. I deal with, a, yeah. I see a lot of women who struggle with unexplained infertility. Um, uh-huh. And then, I mean, oh, the damage, right, and the, and the trauma in their wound state. It really needs to be helped and, and held and cleared and all the things. I think that's why I was putting so much of this energy in the book, because I've seen it in people as well. Yeah, I'm right. glad you got back. I didn't mean to get you away from the chakras because you go through all the chakras. Please continue, and I'm sorry about that. Yeah, no. So I, I decided to add a bit of element of fantasy. So there are the mermaids in the ocean, and then the dragons in the realm of power, and then the fairy in the realm of the heart. And then as we go, right, she ends up in the crown court where everything exists, where she gets to be reunited with different people. But then, of course, I added in a... Um, an antagonist, a sexy fallen angel antagonist, who really comes down to earth to sabotage her. But um, when you're the only two creatures or, or spirits left on earth, it's hard to um, deny your affection for each other. So it ends up being yeah. sort of a romance story as well. But um, 
it ended up being a very fun story to write. But at the same time, after I read it back, I was like, oh, <laughs> basically healing all the aspects of where we've been damaged as humans. Um, you know, I was feeling so many pieces of that in myself too. So I, I joke with my friends. I'm like, if you'd like the book of my trauma, really connect with this. And I won't get a lot into it, but um, by two people that don't know each other. Speaking of Crystal Reiki, <laughs> one person was my mentor, and she was doing my attunement. And she goes, we were going to meet in meditation because she's somewhere in the States. And she said, if you're not there, I'll know you're not there. I never do this. I fell asleep when she was doing my attunement. And I called her right away. I woke up a half hour later. And she goes, that's okay. You can do it whenever. So I listened five days later. Okay. It was just mind blowing. I saw the recording because it was exactly what I was wearing, what I was sitting on and what have you. But I also met somebody else in my travels and they claimed that they knew me back in the 1400s, and I'd never heard of Lady Titania or Titania. I forget what what Shakespeare book it's from. Well, he kept claiming that I was her sister, and he kept going on and on about my hair, and I had this crown of black thorns. He goes, I used to call you Maeve, and I instantly I said, yeah, but that wasn't my real name. It was Maeve, and I, I no idea why. Then I sat down a couple hours later, and I hadn't drawn in years and I picked up a pencil and I drew this beautiful Pegasus and I knew this, this, this being's name, Chloe. I have no idea. That's what I called her. She was not a pet and she was not an animal. She was this majestic counterpart of mine. Anyways, fast forward to the crystal Reiki. When I listened to the attunement five days later, she went through all of them and we have the seven pointed star as one of our, our Reiki symbols. And she said, I don't know what it is about that. She goes, but when you, your higher self saw that you took that and you slapped it on your third eye and you were wearing this crown of like black. Mm -hmm. She went on and on. And then I kid you not, she sent me, she described exactly what this person had told me what I looked like with the black shimmery long hair. I had gray eyes, apparently the whole bit. She sent me a picture of a fairy and she said, I have no idea why I sent you this. She goes, but um, this is what it reminds me of you with. And I guess Lady Titania was had to do with the fairy realm or something. And I'm very drawn to fairies. So the way things go. So what you've just shared here with all the mythological and pulling in, like you said, the chakras and kind of your trauma, as you said, but you wove it all into one. How incredible, like so many people are going to really, with well, everything you've written, like I really resonated with it. And when I saw the video and then I went and looked at your TikTok channel, I went, I heard spirits say, you two need to connect it. And I kept thinking, I need to have you on my show because some mm -hmm. people are going to connect with what you've written and what you're doing. Really, you're incredible. Oh, thank you. I tell people don't read that book until you're ready because it's going to literally walk you through healing. And I've had a few different people who've read it who said, especially with the realm of the womb, when they go through um, the healing from the mother. I have world. infertility, so I hear you. But there's so much polycystic ovarian syndrome. That's not the, not the only reason for infertility. Lots unexplained. And had there been something like this again back in the day, I would have been looking into it because I was looking for answers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's going to take you, it's going to sort of take your hand. And as, as you travel through all these, all these internal realms, um, mm -hmm. you will see. So I say, don't, don't read it until you're ready. <laughs> but um, 
But what's fun too is that, and because I see this happening, and when I hear my children speak the way they speak, and we hear other children around the world speaking the way they're speaking, part of the theme is that if he heals all these things, all these realms, all of humanity, all of consciousness will be given that gift that they will remember it all too. That they that the dragon realms, the dragons will come back again, the fairies will come back again, the mermaids will come back again. Love dragons, unicorns, fairies, yeah. mermaids. Fairies <laughs> will communicate with us again. Like it's it's sort of I wrote that as a excuse if she gets to do this, we all then get to enjoy it and humanity will ascend. And I wrote this two years ago. I only just finished it this year. So I hadn't heard a lot of communication about 5D ascension and all the different things that people are talking about. And um talking about being able to hear the trees again. That's what my daughter went. So when she said, when I said, what, everything, what do you mean everything about everything? What are people going to remember? What her response was, they're going to remember to hear the trees again. They're going to remember they're connected to the sea. They're going to remember they're part of everything. They're going to remember they're not alone anymore. So she's telling me all, all of these things. And I'm like, that's my book that you had no idea I wrote two years ago before. So it's, uh, I don't think any of it is an accident. So even if, though it's a fun thing. There are no coincidences. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's also, it was a book that I channeled that I didn't know I was channeling because I mm-hmm. wasn't supposed to know that I was channeling it at the time because I think I would have overthought it instead of just leaning in, right? I, I agree. I see Dave's question, but what I wanted to add, what came to me while you were speaking, it was something you had shared about when your daughter finally was in your arms, was I almost feel like these beings and the trees and what you're talking about, they are waiting for the right time, right? That's exactly what it is. And again, it's healing, isn't it? We can always use healing throughout our whole lifetime. You know, there's always something to 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 heal. I, I don't think I've ever met anybody that's been entirely could say I'm completely healed mind, body and soul. Well, once we are, we don't need to be here anymore, I don't think. Right? Our, oh, our that's, oh, that's, yeah, yeah. Our journey will be done, you know. Um, I don't know if you know Wayne Dyer. I met oh, him yeah. many, many years ago, um, probably on his last, one of his last tours. So it was because he passed in that fall. I saw him I just watched his daughters because they're launching a pro- program through Hay House and um, they were with another psychic that Wayne used that was very gifted. I just, I'll try to remember, I'll send you it. It was a wonderful, like a master class. Mm-hmm. I remember watching him and sort of listening and he was saying how, how did, how did he phrase it? But I remember me thinking at the time, he's not going to be here much longer. Because he said, there's not much left for me to learn here. He's like, I've almost, I, I'm almost so connected to the other side now that I can levitate. He's like, I'm finding it when I'm going in meditation, I'm less and less here. And he was easing us into knowing that he was going to be going soon. Because he was saying, ah. there are no more lessons for me now. Right? He's like, I can honestly say I've reached the level of. And so that's my thought. I was like, okay, when our lessons are done, we don't need to be today. You hit the nail on the head. I never thought of that. But the interesting mm-hmm. part is to hear this now from the other side. Because Wayne believed in this psychic, this lady. She's lovely. I want to say her name is Diane, too. I'll have to look it up. But mm-hmm. she has channeled Wayne from the other side, working with his daughters. And he's running programs and doing all kinds of things on the other side. And that's why the three of them are bringing the program forward. 
And I, I seriously looked at even taking it. It was really interesting. And I forget who he's, he's, it's not communing with, but he's connecting with, it's like a council on the other side. So he's still doing the same work. Yeah. It, yeah. Mm -hmm. He just mm -hmm. didn't be on the human plane to do it anymore, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I feel like when it's, when it's, yeah, when I see my, I would tell my kids, if you've got a few lessons left, if you're still here, because there's still things to learn. So be grateful for your lessons. Right? Yeah, so Dave says, when are they coming back, Diane? Or what's your yeah, I love this question, because I feel like, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you're referring to like the dragons and the fae and right, the, so I feel like they're, they're you know what's so funny now that I say this? I remember my oldest is upset. I'm going to answer it, but I, I, I think it's in layers. When my oldest, um, he's been obsessed with dragons his entire life. And when I see animal form and spirit, like guiding animal spirit, he's got dragons. He's always yeah. had dragons. Yeah. This is he's part dragon, right? When I see and it him, makes see sense if you're talking about your middle child. That's my oldest. Oldest. Okay, no, you haven't talked much about him, so go ahead. Strong um, individual, I'm guessing, with dragons. Absolutely. Very fierce in his strength. Um, also very um very empathetic. He's an and he's an animal whisperer, right? It's the animal oh, that to him. But I remember saying to him, he asked me, he said, Mom, do you think dragons are actually real? And I said, Honey, you know, for so much so much lore and so many stories to be written about them. I mean, if dinosaurs are real, dragons aren't that far off. So I was having this conversation with him in a, in a way that I wanted him to believe in all things. Because, you know, we need to believe in things beyond what we see. Our human eyes are very limited. Um, but I remember getting this download and I was saying, they were here, but humans couldn't share the earth with them safely. So they just shifted to an alternate dimension. They're not far. They just knew that they couldn't exist with us right now and let us do what we needed to do for the lessons that we need to learn. Um, but I know people who see them. Yeah, yeah I, ha I was going to say that. I've I've seen video. And again, we can Photoshop anything, but I don't know. This yeah. looks pretty real to me. I think they are here. Uh, yeah, so I feel like when are they going to come back? I feel like it depends on so the people who will see them are the ones who are ready to see them. I yeah. know when I sit by the ocean, I see the things. I talk to the water. I talk to the sea. I, I talk to the people in the, or the energies in the sea, right? Like, so they've come back for me already. I know for my son, they've come back, right? The, the dragons have come back for him already. I don't see it. I think the things are seeing them still and hearing them still, you know, on, on some level. So I feel like everyone's going to experience them a little bit differently. A few years ago, I started to be able to hear the trees. So I'd actually go have conversations with the trees and it was very clouded. So I feel like, that's going to be open to all of us. They didn't go very far, but they're communicating with people who are ready, so it doesn't freak people out, right? Because <laughs> all of a sudden, they're not going to impose their energy on us if it's going to cause fear, because mm -hmm. that defeats the purpose. And then we don't, we don't listen anyway because we're too scared. So they're coming back because they didn't go very far. Um, some people have seen them all the way through. So, so, so when you're ready, when you're ready, you will hear and you will see. And I think that goes with that. You will understand not from a perspective of fear, but openness and, and willing to hear, I think. Right. Would, would, would that be Absolutely. where you would think it would be? Otherwise, it looks a lot like a spiritual psychosis, right? Where people, again, it goes back to if it's not safe for us to hear and see and feel things, for us to have the experience we're meant to have, then we won't. I think that that's where spirit is, the right spirit meets you where you're meant to be. Even when I do like an Akashic Records reading, 
they will never tell an individual something that they are not ready to hear or at that point. Because again, fear defeats the purpose. Yeah, it keeps us locked somewhere that doesn't contribute to our growth in any way, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I always feel from spirit to say, sorry, Diane, I was just going to add, I don't want anybody to feel like if you haven't seen these beings or, you know, what we're talking about, this isn't said that from an elitist point of view or anything like that, it just will happen when the individual is ready. So it doesn't mean that somebody's more evolved than you or no. anything like that. And I know you didn't imply that and I didn't yeah. either, but I was hearing from spirit that that needed to be said because there'll be people thinking they really want this experience, but they're not hearing it. what's wrong with me or or, or what am I doing wrong? You hear, yeah. hear what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. What I've always been shown, what spirit's always shown me or my guides is um, they always call it like a collective, like a big pot of stew. It's like a collective pot of stew. And yeah. um, we are a consciousness. We are just this big one big blob of consciousness. We, we all got sent down to gather the one ingredient that only we can gather. Yeah. Right? So it's like you're, only you can gather your ingredients based on the experiences you're having. Only I can gather mine. Not one, you don't have a two with one main ingredient. All the ingredients that come together are important for it to be, right? So I don't know why they keep telling me stew, maybe because I like stew. Or just it makes sense, it's a human analogy that makes sense in my brain. Um, mm -hmm. But everybody's experience is individual and special because only they can have it. So it's to compare compare my magic to yours as a fool there, right? Because it's, there's no comparison. Because there's different magic. ingredients and recipes and soups and everything else. So I Absolutely. love that analogy. Yep. So if, if you're judging your journey based on what other people are doing, you're going to get off course to, mm -hmm. of what you're supposed to gather, right? So I never pay attention necessarily to other people's journeys. I don't need to understand them. I don't need to agree with them. I don't need to um, be jealous of them. I don't, you know, because it's leading them down a journey so that they can find their ingredients. Have you covered them. this in one of your books? And I would never tell somebody what they're writing in a book or anything. But if you haven't, so many people could hear that and relate to that, Diane. Well, Honestly, that's, that's beautiful. In Realm of Zen, um, yes, there's a conversation between the two main characters. And she asks her, why do you think humans are here? And this is the answer she gives, because that's the answer that I know, right? <laughs> I love it, though, because people could relate to that because I'm finding in many ways. And again, I always say it's not my job to judge or to finger point or anything. And there are people that need religion. And that's fine. You've got to do what works for you. But I'm finding that within this field of spirituality, or whatever we want to call it, it really doesn't need a label, but people put labels on things. And it's becoming very religious dogma. Uh, based in certain areas and I just love what you said there so that we don't need to compare ourselves to one another because when you try and say we're on a separate journey it just people don't relate but I could see people relating to exactly what you just shared exactly yep because mm -hmm. it's a separate journey but what what I like again what I was always shown is that if there was one or this what the explanation that they gave me that made sense with my human brain was if there is one consciousness, if there's one global consciousness, and all of a sudden they decide one day they want to experience everything. They want to experience everything there is to know about everything. For that one consciousness to come down and try to experience everything would take so long. 
So yeah. what if that one consciousness split into billions of pieces? Mm-hmm. Right? So this is all the yeah. So we all come down with, with yeah. this, this. We're also part of the same thing, but we come down, but we're all supposed to learn something different to bring right. back to the collective. We're supposed to get this ingredient back to the collective. So mm-hmm. I think that that's why there's so many different cultures and religions and places in the world and food intolerances. And you know, like, we all have something that, that was our role to do something very different, mm-hmm. right? To bring back to the collective. And the question I always get, because it, um, this is probably one of the hardest human concepts to grasp, to you say that, like that you're on a journey, that you're on a path, maybe that you've created or that you've chosen, and they say you're crazy because I would never have chosen this path. I would never. Oh, I hear that, that all the time. <laughs> I would never have chosen this pain. I would never. So I don't believe that at all. It doesn't resonate, and it doesn't have to resonate. But again, when I sort of sit with, okay, what's a good explanation that our human brains can understand and, yes. and make sense of? And they showed me a, a, a picture of somebody signing up for like an Iron Man. So you have the paper and you have the idea in your head that it's going to be hard, that it's going to take a lot of work. But when you're signing the paper, the contract, right, when you're applying for that, you're not focused on the pain that it's going to feel like how hard it's going to be. You're focused on what it's going to feel like afterwards and mm-hmm. how proud of yourself you're going to be and what you've learned. You're not mm-hmm. focused on the journey when you're signing that contract when you come down to earth. You're not, because you, you're in just understanding in your head that it's going to be difficult but you're signing yourself up for it so that you can get to the other side of that, what that looks like. And that made a lot of sense in my head, right? It yeah. does make a lot of sense. I always joke sometimes and right. and I connect with two ladies quite closely with spirit a lot. And we joke and say, geez, I wish we'd read the fine print on that agreement yeah. that we signed. But think about an Iron Man, like you said, though, right? You, you do think about exactly what you shared. It resonates. But I can tell you, having done athletic endeavors, I love basketball and, and every sport known to God. You shared that as well, that you were very athletic. It's when you're doing in the training. I'm sure there's many times people will say for an Ironman, what was I thinking? Absolutely. <laughs> just like in life, right? Mm-hmm. Just like in life. Like why you know, a lot of people don't finish it. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who quit partly through. There's a lot of people who their job, their job wasn't to finish it. You know, so it, it, that metaphor can sort of keep going and going in terms of what it looks like for our choosing this life on earth, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, my dog was over. My dog loves to pop in here. Usually when spirits around and we're talking about spirit. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you too, and I'm sorry I'm all over the place. Two hours goes by so quick. There's so many things I could ask you. And I, I just love talking to you. I hope you will come back on here again. We're not done yet, folks, but there's so much more to talk about. And it's also fascinating. Now, I was thinking a lot of people probably don't know what an osteopath is or your healing center and what you're doing. I would love for you to talk about all that. Yeah, so, um, and it's funny, <laughs> I went, I did a lot of school. I did a lot of schooling again back in going down that human journey of, you know, I'm going to be a practitioner who helps use my hands, right, to, to work on bodies. Um, so the osteopathic world is very much like the training of facial therapy and physical yeah. therapy and like fascial, different, that type of stuff is all osteopathic based. It's all branches of osteopathy. So um, it's, you know, we, we work on muscle bone joints that we know sort of physio and chiro. 
Well, osteopathic yeah. practitioners focus um, on that, but they also look at the organs as well, right? So everything. Oh, like okay. Yeah, organs and like uh, with the cranial work I do, I do a lot of head trauma. I do a lot of concussion therapy. Um, people who have had a lot of trauma in their head is, you know, okay. that, that's the cranial work. It's a very gentle modality, but it can help rebound solar cerebral spinal fluid and um, cranial rhythm and reset trauma if there's like congestion in the lymphatic system in the head and everywhere. So um, again, when I go back, when I work with a lot of infertility or unexplained infertility, I will absolutely address how the uterus is sitting in the pelvis. And yeah. is the pelvis and sacrum system they're paired? Is, is it free? Um, you know, the liver helps to suspend bladder and has a role to play in estrogen production, so it makes sure the liver is happy. So the manual-based therapy is the osteopathic part of it. Okay. So, yeah, people would come down and lay on my table, and I'll, I'll go through the physical. So um, I teach a lot of people, and I find that I have a lot of Reiki practitioners who want to come in and add in the cranial say, to their practice. So it's any, I mean, anytime you're working with anyone, you're working with energy. But I often have to get my Reiki practitioners out of the energetic field and into the actual body a little bit. Okay. Um, but it's not quite as deep as, say, massage type of therapy, right? So um, it really is about getting to the root of an issue in a body and not okay. just a band-aid, right? Not just treating symptoms, but actually finding what the root issue is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, that's I, what I do. Yeah. Sorry, what was that last part? That's what I do as an osteopath. Okay. Um, and then I do my monthly women's circles. I hold monthly moon circles. And then um, wellness, like healing weekend retreats for women, um, usually around equinox and solstice um, in different places, also Alberta and D.C. I, I love it because um, we have a little bit of that here, but I was seeing some of the pictures and little video things that you did. So there's drumming. You also do meditation. Mm-hmm. And I feel meditation is so important and not just for a spiritual path. And I always point out, I know many CEOs that do it, athletes before a big game or something. And the amount of sleepy short meditation session can be akin to getting like, I, I think if I've read it correctly, you can, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I believe 15 minutes of good meditation is akin to at least an hour or hour and a half of, of sleep. Would I be right about that? Have you read it? So I, I have like crystal bowls and drums. So I do a lot of sound vibration healing with the meditations as well. Um, and they say like a good 15 minutes of the crystal of the sound bowl is about uh, four hours, equivalent to four hours of REM sleep to your nervous and how you can just take it and dial it all the way down because we're, we're all wired so <laughs> so tight it seems these days, right? And our bodies are always being bombarded by the outside world with um, all these different vibrations. And so it's a really nice reset. I always joke with my women that when we come every month, it's like a, a pit stop for your soul. So, you know, if you're driving and you're on a road trip and then, you know, every now and then you just need a break, you need to stop, you need to dump out your garbage. Right? Yeah, and then yeah. So what you need for that for that next leg of the journey, right? You refuel, and yeah. so when the ladies come to get rid of anything that they don't want to carry anymore in a safe space, right? Where it's witnessed, mm-hmm. and then they build themselves back up so that when they leave, they've got a little bit more love in their heart and a little bit more clarity, right? 
um, to go about I have day. to ask you, I'm sure you're not, you're going to say no, because I'm sure you have more than enough on your hands with people meeting face to face, but do you do anything online? Like there's people from every country in the world listening to this that are thinking, oh my gosh, I would, would love to be there. But is there something you hold online monthly or anything like that for I people? Did, when everything sort of closed down, when the world was sort of closed for a few years, I did, I shifted everything to online. Um, right. So that is something that I can do. Um, okay. I'm not doing it currently. Just I think once everything opened back up again, I just needed my people. <laughs> I needed the, the actual physical hugs, yeah. right, and the laughter. Well, plus you're a mom. You're working. You're writing books. I, I yeah. get it. But I thought I would ask because I'm going to get a lot of messages after this. I know I am um, because I can tell from the amount of comments that we've had here that people are very interested in what you're talking. I knew they would be. <laughs> so um, I, I understand why. And like we had to get creative during that period yeah. in our lifetime because there's a lot of people. For me, I and I'm not trying to sound like it was no big deal, but for me with having hurt my back and stuff, most of my community has been online rather than, than getting out. So it wasn't a huge, thing for me but for people that were out in the world every single day and you know weren't near a computer or anything else it was such a huge life shift especially for those people especially like extroverts like that really they thrive off that energy of other people right yeah. mm -hmm. so i definitely hear it so you know you were talking about sound therapy is there anything that you teach for people too or you have teachers within the center because i i think that's powerful 15 minutes of sound healing is akin mm -hmm. to four hours of REM sleep so i i teach workshops in like the cranial psychotherapy the hands off i've done that i haven't taught that's any, powerful yeah i haven't taught any of the sound healing um but i hold lots of different events um i started doing them with children as well so Oh, I love it. Having these girls come in. Well, my daughter now, of course, right? She, I hosted my first mother and daughter hostess. Oh, I love it. Hostess, um, event back in June, and she came. Um, and, oh, it was just so beautiful. So I know that um, there'll be more and more and more need and, and request for it because it does. It, it really helps reset nervous system of these children. But I haven't been teaching anything like that yet. I know. I love it because I have often said, that before I transition back home myself, I long for the day where it is normal for a newborn to understand many of the things we've talked about, that meditation is part of the regular practice about, you know, many of the things you've shared. And I really thank you for that with what you who and what your children, some of the things they've done and they've said that we have a world like that with children. Like you said, the veil doesn't get pulled up. It stays down. And and what a different world we would we would be living in. Yeah, we have a I, good I think we're oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, yeah, no, I, th I think that's the world that it's there. You know, it's it's not far away. I feel like I feel like we're pretty close. I think we are too. Um, my friend David, and I should remind you guys, I forgot at the beginning of the show, I have another new show that I'm co-hosting starting right here on United Public Radio Network, and you say at the end of the show too, um, on Thursday nights, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with David Hansel. He's on TikTok. He's got a big TikTok community, also one on Facebook. Um, we're going to be taking questions from people. 
like um, David answers questions on his channel. Um, what happens in the afterlife, what have you, he's a medium. But for example, I had somebody recently message me and ask me, um, what is black magic? Uh, what is a curse? How do you remove one? So we're gonna make it very clear that what we're sharing is only coming from our personal experiences and, and what we receive from spirit. We're not experts, we don't know everything, but we're gonna try and answer these. Or I've had people ask me, or, and David has too, like, what, what is a chakra? What does a chakra do? Why do we have them? And then we're going to have something during that two-hour period because David really wanted readings. And I, I wasn't opposed to readings, but I find sometimes people just hang out for the message from spirit and don't want to hear the rest of it, right? Just from experience. So we're going to have the unpredictable, predictable reading, which means somewhere in that two-hour period, something's going to light up in some of the comments or what have you and we will choose that and share with you what we're receiving from spirit for you so i hope you'll join in and let people know it's called the thing at the foot of the bed so i hope you'll join us sorry i had to throw that in there <laughs> well i think we need more of that i'm sure you get lots of questions too diane like people yeah. asking you well you do because you've answered some of them on your TikTok. i've seen that's how we started the show yeah right people want to know well and i feel like um we don't have all the answers we're not nope. nor, nor are we supposed to but if you come across somebody sharing something that probably if you've been having this question you've been asking this question to the universe or, or whatever and yeah. just inside your own heart and all of a sudden you stumble across a video answering that question then that is the universe guiding you in the right direction you that's know? your so, answer for now yeah so it's thanks to sort of that's why i was saying like the video that video bumped into so many people for some oh my reason, gosh yeah right like for some reason it bumped into them and um i hope it just made people curious because so many people right it was they were saying uh, i really want to remember everything i hope she's right um but then it made them sort of go wait a minute if i want to remember everything then it means i must have forgotten along the way and it just makes people curious and makes people start to wonder what else is out there, what else is there to know. And uh, that's the beginning, right? That's the beginning of, of this awakening, which is so, so wonderful. So it's nice to listen to messages every now and then that just you stumble across because you didn't really stumble across them. They were placed no. exactly where you, right, where, where you were going. Well, the other thing you said that really resonated with me, because I say this often, I'll say, how about we're not thinking outside the box? Let's, let's think like there is no box. And I've heard you say that. And I went, wow, somebody else is saying this. Yeah. And that's what the box is. Oh, my goodness. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I smashed all of our boxes that day when I, my, my kiddo's last day at school. That was the last day of any kind of box for me. Right in my head, I needed to remove all of them not just for me but for him right it that was the that was the big push of no more boxes in this life and in this world um if it's making our souls unsafe then enough of them oh I'm done right <laughs> but the thing is and i think that the important message to take away from this and i'm not trying to be cliche for those of you listening is that how even when i like exactly if i'm dealing with something like helping somebody say if it's the paranormal the first thing i ask them is do you have small children or animals in your home? Because a child's work is play. They live in the now, and I believe animals live in the now. So why I ask that is I want to know, what is your animal doing? How are they reacting? What are they, what are they like, does it look like they're reacting to something that's not there? But more importantly, what is your child seeing, hearing, 
experiencing because we've heard this term imaginary friend i don't think there is any there is no such thing as an imaginary friend and it's important that we hear our children they are the future right and it, that should be our most important job as loving nurturing guiding we don't have to give them all the answers but we need to give them the tools to be able to navigate their own if you want to call it journey to find their ingredient for the special soup while they're here. Go ahead. I know you were going to say something. Um, it just reminded me when you're saying that my oldest, when he was about two, I was tucking him into bed and he said, mom, can you tell the man in my room to leave? And I said, and I was facing the wall. So I couldn't see behind me. My husband wasn't home. But at first I thought, was there someone in our home? And of course, I turned around and there's nobody there. And I said, what man? He said, the man, this man who's standing there. Can you, I, like, I don't want him here when I'm going to sleep. So I said, okay, just ask him to go. We'll tell him it's time to leave, right? I don't want to make it scary. Yeah. Right? So, um, and so he used to have a man come visit him over and over and over. And so we made it. I said, you know, ask him what his favorite color is. Ask him if he likes ice cream. Ask him. And it was a very peaceful um, journey. But he would tell us in the morning, right? The man was in my room. I was like, oh, what did he say, right? And um, he said I was beautiful. So Aww. it's one of these things that when, you're, when you have little children who are speaking, to make it safe and, you know, like really hear them and have safe spaces for them to share what they're seeing, what they're thinking, right, what they're knowing without it being judged or told it's wrong or imaginary or we never called him an imaginary friend. We used to talk about the visitor in his room, right? And, um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's important for these kiddos to have safe spaces to speak without being ridiculed for it. Well, especially, yeah, oh, sorry, go ahead, Diane, and I didn't yeah. mean to pick up. No, because it's their soul speaking to them, through them, to be told that it's wrong. That's what cuts them off from listening to themselves. You just, yeah. you just read my mind because that's what brings the veil up yeah. because they feel foolish. They, you know, you, the, the people that, children revere especially when they're young as their parents because you you meet their needs you're there you love them you raise them so they respect at least you know when they're little as they get older we go through growing pains but my point is 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 they believe every word you say they hang off every word so if you ridicule kill them or ignore them or don't hear what they're saying and and really listen to them because listen to the word the wisdom that you shared with your four from your four-year-old daughter right and people want to excuse it well it had to be tv it had to be something and i'm not trying to be angry or anything here what i'm saying is you chose to to give her the space to be able to express what she was thinking or what she was feeling and and not cut her off and look at the wisdom that came from this four-year-old or your other two children you've just shared here mm -hmm. yeah i can't imagine when my when my seven-year-old said my soul is not safe somewhere, so I can't imagine if my response would have been, oh, don't be so ridiculous, right? Like, makes my heart melt. <laughs> it, it would have been somebody else. Um, crystal City, the Golden Crystal City. So I don't know a reference of a Golden Crystal City outside of, in my book, I actually, the crown, the crown is the Crystal City, and it, it is our connection, right? It is to all that is above, and it's where all our, um, all our loved ones exist outside of this human realm, right? All of the spirit. So that's all I know of it in my own head. But I don't know if you have any anything to add. Well, that's to it. that, and that's okay. Dave, Dave, um, 
he's the one I think I mentioned at the beginning. He's been on Oak Island and he knows of many of these mystical places all around the world. And so he always asks really interesting questions and there's nothing wrong with the way you answer that. Like, that's what you know, that, and that's okay. So we only have like just a few minutes. Like Dave said, it also, it's also called the New Jerusalem. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what she knows of it, Dave. So, okay, so where can they find you? Where can they buy your books? And before we get into that, Diane, I hope you'll come back again. I just loved having this conversation with you. Of course, absolutely. This is so much fun. And like you said, two hours goes in a blink, right? I told you it's going to. I knew we were going to have so much to talk about. We barely yeah. scratched the surface. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I think you have the, the like on my Instagram, is there's a link to there. So TikTok, um, I have my author name. So the author, I think it's <laughs> I probably should have written down my most some ideas. people may not see this so okay so okay. what happens is okay this will go into our archives so the video is on facebook and youtube the replays will be there but we are carried anywhere where podcasts and talk radio is carried so people may just hear this and not yeah. see the write-up so if you've got a website or a link you can send them to that's great mm-hmm. so blue moon healing and um, blue moon healing.org is the website and then uh, you can find me on Instagram at Blue Moon Wild, which is Y, not an I. And then um, Diane Doyle on Facebook. I, I always have a Blue Moon Healing Wellness um, business page on Facebook as well, where typically is very updated about my retreats and my women's circle. Okay. Well, you know what? I loved having you here. Thank you so much for being here. I look forward to having you back on very soon. Guys, go out and check out her books. How incredible. Oh, Amazon. Books on. Hmm? Oh, books are on Amazon. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank yes, you. Yes. yes. Go out and check out her books. Now I've got a minute left to tell you guys if you ever want to get a hold of me, you've got a guest suggestion, maybe a show idea, or you want to book a reading or a healing session with myself, you can get a hold of me on facebook.com forward slash angel rock. Remember I have two groups on Facebook, uh, paranormal university for many of the things. Well, we kind of touched on them tonight, but we sort of meandered more into my other group, the angel rocker tribe, many of the things we talked about tonight. Um, next week i can't remember who i have on the, the roster we've got somebody great if not you guys get to hang out with me that happens rarely but once in a while we do that for two hours and don't forget this thursday the thing at the end of the bed right here on united public radio network 4 to 6 p.m eastern standard time and if you've got ideas or questions feel free to fun- sorry free to funnel them my way or to i think he's under medium david hansel on facebook i love you guys all so much again diane thank you for being here you're an amazing guest thank you i send you all so much love and light good morning good afternoon or good evening wherever you may be and we will see you next week same time same space take care happy new year